Now, I have a question that I want to ask you this morning, and don't worry, it's not a rhetorical one. I want some feedback, uh, but it's this. What would you say are characteristics of a true disciple? How would you identify a true disciple? Someone, just go ahead and shout out some answers. Replication, multiplication, those are good words. Yeah, well, somebody else. Characteristics of a true disciple. Come on, not rhetorical. Do what? Kindness, Kindness. that is a good one. Somebody else. Humility. Humility. Love. Love, yeah. Devoted, okay, dang, that's... Dang, she's, she's, she's like, y'all ain't real ones, all right? Devoted. <laughs> Devotion. <laughs> I want the real thing. Uh, man, those are all really good things, right? These are our characteristics of a disciple. The reality is this, that we all have ideas when it comes to, to the answer to this question. The truth is that Scripture gives us insight into the marks of a true disciple. The answer is crucial because it impacts how we best follow or apprentice under Jesus. Still, it is also essential because it is directly tied to our identity as sons and daughters of God. This morning, we're going to look at a very familiar passage that gives us insight into the key to being a faithful disciple and the way to walk in freedom. And so I would invite you to open your Bibles uh, to John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. And if you wouldn't mind stand, standing for the reading of God's word, we do this to, to honor the scriptures, to honor God's word, and, 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 and cling to this faithfulness. And so if you would read with me, it reads like this. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Version, so you can, whatever Bible of choice that you have, feel free. But it reads like this. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free... You, free, you really will be free. God, this morning we just ask that you would remind us of this freedom that is found in you. Would you speak to us this morning? Would you remove me from the picture? Would your word be shown forth clearly? God, and that we would walk away knowing where we can find freedom and that is in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said Amen. You may be seated. Thanks for doing that with me. Uh, if you've been with us for any amount of time, you know in the last, uh, gosh, I don't know how many months we're, we're in the Gospel of John now, but it's by the end of this, we'll, we will finish, I think, the week before Thanksgiving, part 35 of the Gospel of John. So we're, we're taking a slow kind of, uh, of, of a pace through it, but we want to be faithful to the Scriptures. We've, on, we've been on this journey through the Gospel of John, and it's perhaps one of the most popular books in the entire Bible. Why? Because it's a detailed look into the life of Jesus as told by one of his closest friends. In this, this book, we, we hear uh, Jesus uh, talk about, or, or John talk about, the ministry of Jesus, so recording a ton of his miracles. I mean, some of the most fascinating stories that you could imagine. He, he doesn't shy away from details and statements like Jesus proclaiming to be the way, the truth, and the life that no one comes to the Father except through him. John records Jesus' I am statements. Uh, why? Well, John makes it clear why he is writing this book. 
And, and, and as a church, I, I've said this every time we've gotten up here, that we're making this clear as well. The reason why we are going through the gospel of John is because we want people to know Jesus. We want people to experience Jesus in a, in a meaningful way. In John 20, 31, he says this, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John is communicating the simple truth that Jesus wants life for you. So much so that Jesus would say that, that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus says that I come to offer you life and more abundantly. Right? Jesus is for your life. Right? Jesus is for your joy. Why is this important to know? Well, because the Gospel of John is loaded with stories of Jesus proving that he wants people to have true life that can only be found in him. And this leads us to our passage in John chapter 8 this morning. As we look at John 8, we see that Jesus still has a group of people that are following him, right? That, that Jesus has a crew that actually uh, are, are following him, and they're referred to in Scripture as disciples. Very much, though, in reality, what is happening is that the people who have seen the works of Jesus and seen the miracles that he's performing, uh, they, they see this and they, they have a semblance of belief of who he is. But when, he is teach, when his teaching is contrary to the way that they want to live, they bounce. Right? The, the, when, when, when the push comes to shove, they love the miracles. They love the fascinating things. But when the teaching is too hard, they're like, I, I can't do it. I, I, I just, I can't. And so we see that, that this teaching, when it's contrary to their will, their way, or their desires, they aren't actually followers of Jesus. They're just following Jesus as he's performing the miracles. But when push comes to shove, they really want nothing to do with him. Right? These people have seen Jesus work miracle after miracle. Right? They have seen him feed tens of thousands of people with nothing more than a few fish and some bread. They've seen him make the, the blind see. Right? He's, 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 he's performed this miracle of watching the, the lame to, to walk. They've seen it all. And it's in this context that Jesus, Jesus challenges their thinking and tells them what a true disciple is. Jesus, making crowd-dividing statements, tells this group of so-called disciples that if you abide in my word, you truly are my disciples. Now, that statement on its own isn't all that offensive, right? Like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, you, you follow the, the word of God, then you're truly a disciple. But what he says next really, really cuts to the heart of the matter for the people. He says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This immediately upsets uh, the people who had been following, and they launch into a defensive mode and explain that they're descendants of Abraham's. We have never been slaves to anyone. Like, how could you say, like, like the, you know, how dare you? Like, how dare you say that, that we've ever been slaves? We are descendants of Abraham. This is where Jesus lays down the hammer and says this. This is where you're wrong. He says, truly I tell you that everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. Jesus sees right through who they are. 
He knows the motives behind their decision to be among those that were following, but he challenges them that if they were to be true disciples, they would abide in the word. They would truly know Jesus, and then they would be set free. The latter part of John 8 results in the very people who were following him because of his miracles are now claiming that he has a demon. If you, this is it's like, I mean, how did you get there? It was like a stretch, like, I like this guy. And then like, this guy's a demon. <laughs> like, that's a pretty drastic change. But we see that, that when they're confronted with truth, they have no pushback but to say, hey, this, this can't be it. We cannot follow this. All because he challenged them and his teaching was a hard truth. If they simply were to abide in the word, they would know the truth. And, and yet we see they're trying to kill him because as Jesus says, you are trying to kill me because my word has no place among you. Imagine that being said of you, that Jesus would look to you and say, yeah, my word ain't in that. Can you imagine the feeling that, 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 that would come across? I mean, I, I, when I was reading this earlier this week, I'm just like, Man, Lord, please help the word to be among me, to be in me, to, to really be saturated in my heart, right? To imagine having Jesus, after following him, saying like, hey, the word is, is not in you. I mean, imagine being in this place. These people had held, had, re, had relied on the religion and tradition and customs of their ancestors, and they failed to realize the gravity of their sin and refused to come to grips with it. And Jesus said, no, no, no. This is what marks a true disciple. Continue in my word, right? Dwell in the scriptures, know them, and you will know the truth, and you will be set free. Jesus' interaction with these religious disciples is what, what I would say is of great significance to the narrative in that moment. But it's of, great, it's of really great importance for us today because, we, to be quite frank, we need the truth to set us free. Right? The reality is that if you look to society, we're enamored by freedom. Right? We're Americans. We love freedom. Like, I have a friend that, that is from Australia and has, had spent her first 4th of July in America this like a couple weeks ago. And, I mean, you could just courtesy. Anybody heard of courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue by Toby Keith? Yeah, she had never heard that song until like two weeks ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, this is a strange place. Like, and it's true, like we love freedom in everything that, that, in, that comes with that, right? Like imagine that somebody just came to you and, and is a proud American, they're like, you're not actually free, you're a slave to everything. You're like, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> We've never been slaves to anybody. You know, just like, you cut me, I bleed red, white, and blue. I'm kidding. Okay, this is not, this is not a political statement at all. But what I'm saying is that, that, that imagine now having religious ties to this. This is what they were challenged with. Where, where Jesus says, You're, you actually need freedom. And they're saying, we're not, we've never been slaves. What are you talking about? Like, no way. In, in society, we kind of Get that. We're enamored by freedom, right? And, and, and this comes to our freedom of how we view Jesus, right? Our society is fine with the love, joy, peace, and kind parts of Jesus. But when he tells you you're a slave to sin, we say, well, who's to say what a sin is, right? Like, like when his message contradicts our own life, then we're like, yeah, I don't know that, that I really believe that that's a sin thing. Right? We, we, we kind of push back when, when we're fine with, yeah, I love the, the grace, I love the mercy, I love the peace, and, and all those are great, all of those are of God, but when, when it push comes to shove, the reality is that there's some very difficult teachings that, that, that we're like, yeah, I don't know about that. 
And in doing so, we've created images and idols of Jesus that aren't actually Jesus of Scripture at all. Right? We become arrogant people refusing to budge when confronted with truth in human form, which is Jesus. We make defenses for the why, just like the Jewish people did of Jesus' time. We give a defense as to why we're doing what we're doing, right? If, if maybe not externally, but internally. And we justify the reasons for what we do. The reality is that we could find a number of them. Well, you just don't know. I'm just really tired. And, or I need it to sleep, right? Fill in the blank with whatever vice and whatever sin. And, and, and we continue to walk in that. The truth is, if we're honest, that for many of us, and myself, I, I have found myself in this place. So don't hear me come from this as somebody that has, like, conquered all of this. Like, their, their reality is that we are broken people that stand before you. And so I speak from a place of, of, of not like, hey, I'm a pro. <laughs> like, the reality is, like, I am a sinner in need of God's grace. And I can say this from, from full transparency that the, if we're honest, we have become so comfortable in sin that it no longer feels like bondage. Right? For some of us, like we've continued in such a pattern of, of living right, that, that it doesn't feel like slavery. We've convinced ourselves that this is actually freedom. Right? Like I don't actually have an issue. Right? I don't have a sin problem. That this is just kind of how I am and this is how I'm dealing with it. We've convinced ourselves that, that actually I'm not in bondage when in reality we are. We have bought the lie of the enemy that I can get out of this whenever I want, and we remain enslaved to the very sin we once had power over. Right? We, we have bought in the, into the lies of the enemy that, that oh, I, I can deal with this on my own. You don't actually need your church. You don't actually need your community. You, you can deal with this on your own. Just, just do it on your own quiet time. And we know how that goes. You stay up way too late watching Kardashians, and then like next thing you know, Maybe, maybe not all y'all. I don't. I mean, my fiance definitely likes Kardashians. I'm like, how do you do this? This is proof of the fall. Anyway, <laughs> but, 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 it, but, but think about it. Like we, we justify reasons, right? Like, like the reality is because we've become so in bondage that we don't even realize that we're there and it feels like freedom. We've convinced ourselves that this is what true freedom is. And it's so easy to become a slave to sin because it feels like freedom at first, right? It gives the appearance of what you desire. And all of a sudden, as the old saying goes, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will cost you more than you want to pay, right? Like, like little by little, it starts to get a grasp on, on who we are. And before we know it, we lose who we are in Jesus, Right? It becomes so enticing that we, we, we cling to this idea of freedom, like this is going to give me what I want. Scripture even says that, that sin is pleasurable for a moment. Right? That, that's no news to us. Like, Never mind, I was going to go into old college stories, but <laughs> my mom might listen to the podcast. So, <laughs> but the reality is, right? we, we know that this is the truth. Like, the reason why it is enticing is because it pulls at some of those strings. Right? And then little by little, you're drawn into what you thought was freedom, and it's leading you further and further into bondage. In today's cultural moment, it's all the more difficult to understand this because we live in a society where one can read the scriptures and hear the truth will set you free, and another person will say, there is no absolute truth. You can't, there's, it doesn't matter. Your truth is your truth, and you live that way, and that's okay. 
And we have this even happening and infiltrating the church, right? Where, where there is no truth whatsoever. And, and it's difficult in this moment, right? You, de- you determine your truth. Culture is feeding us lies that will lead us to captivity. And the only thing to free us from our slavery is Jesus, the Messiah. We need Jesus. And I, I, I think that we often forget just how much we need him, if we're honest. The, the, the reality is that, that, that if you've encountered Jesus, like you know that there has been a difference and a change in how you are to live and how God guides you. The reality, though, is that if you've been in it for a while, you often forget just how much you need Jesus. Right? It's easy to forget that. We have been discipled by culture where popular phrases, Instagrammable quotes, and pithy sayings become the Bible of our day and the truth that we live by. And like John 8 says of those followers, his word cannot be found among us. Right? We, we've, we, the, the, this is the, the, the crazy thing is that, that we say we don't have time. Right? We make excuses for why we're not in the word. Then we wonder why our lives are, are falling into these places like they did and we say we don't have time, and the next thing you know, you're spending seven hours on Instagram that day. You know, I know because half of y'all are sending me all these TikToks. Yeah, I don't even have TikTok. And I'm like, wow, okay, did you read your Bible? Yeah, I just haven't gotten around. You know, I've been really busy. I'm like, that is, let, me see, let me see your screen time. <laughs> That's accountability. You got to do that in your D group. Scre- screen time in your D group. Some of y'all are like, oh, no. <laughs> I work from my phone, so okay, I get it, I get it. All right, you take that up with God. That's not, <laughs> that's conviction. Uh, but, but, but the reality, right, well, we've been discipled by social media. We're being discipled by Instagrammable quotes and TikTok theology and all these kinds of things. And we wonder how we've slipped into where we are and we feel like we can't get out. And Jesus is saying, if you abide in my word, you'll truly be a disciple. If you continue to follow the word, if, if you follow my lead, you will find true freedom. But so often we hear the words and think Jesus is trying to rob us of our joy. Right? We, we, we think that, that Jesus' rules and, and the regulations and boundaries that he put, we think he's just trying to make us not have fun. Right, like, like the reality is that we really do think that way. Like this is a hard teaching. Like how am I supposed to follow this? We think that Jesus is trying to rob us of our joy. And we, like Adam and Eve, listen to the voice of the enemy and think, well, did God really say? Did he really say I shouldn't do this? Like maybe for, for some people it's relationships in the room. Like did God really say I shouldn't be unequally yoked? Right? Maybe for some, did, did God really say I shouldn't, shouldn't look or lust after this? Or, or maybe porn isn't that big of a deal. Right? Like, like think about it. Like, we think that, that, that this is just some left, something left to happen chance, but the reality is that we start to listen to the voice of the enemy over and over again. And we see these rules as rather constricting, but yet Jesus is saying, no, 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 this is for your good. These boundaries and these things, like, like it's for that, so that you can have freedom, true freedom in Jesus. Here's the thing, though. You don't casually drift toward Jesus, but you can drift toward slavery if your sin goes unchecked. Right? Like, we don't casually draw closer to Jesus. 
it's not just going to happen. Maybe for some of you, if you have like a Saul to Paul moment and it's just like, boom, that's not how it works for me. I'll be honest. I don't just casually drift closer to Jesus. Jesus is pursuing me and he's pursuing you and he wants what's best for you. But we don't just drift into that. But it is very, very likely that, that a lot of us can drift very easily towards slavery if, if our sin goes unchecked. If we just kind of keep living the way that we're living, that we we keep kind of brushing things under the rug. Maybe we don't say this in our accountability groups. Maybe we we don't say this or we don't share this with somebody else like because we think we can handle it on our own. This, This thing doesn't really have a hold on me. And yet we see that it is only the truth that will set us free. The reality is that if you're hiding it from somebody you do community with, that it's you probably know that it's probably not what you should do. This is why Jesus is saying, because like we don't, again, casually drift toward Jesus or close to relationship with him. This is why he's saying abide in the word, right? Stay in it, dwell in it, live in it, right? Let it shape you. Let it mold you. As we are dwelling in more of God's word, we will begin to be conformed and more and more to the image of Jesus. And that is where we find freedom. That is where we find hope. Right? I, I know that this is so many people in this room. We, we've had coffee. We've had conversations. And, 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 and the reality is that, that you know a time where that was very true to you. I've shared this story over and over. But, but I know that happened for me when I was in college where I was just getting so fed up with the way that I was living. And I, it promised freedom. And I had a good time for a little bit. And then next thing you know, I am empty. Right? Like wondering how my life ended up here. How did I end up in this space? And it was when I encountered Jesus that I experienced true freedom. Right? It was when I encountered the love of God that I was just like, this is what I've been wanting all along. I remember having a conversation like this is, this is how, <laughs> this is where I was. Uh, but I remember walking into uh, well, first, I, I, I met the college minister on my campus, and he's like, hey, come to free lunch. And I was like, I literally told him, hell no, I'm not going to your ministry. <laughs> like, that was like, you're not going to bribe me with free food. But I'm a chubby Mexican. So, like, two hours later, I was like, all right, where's that food at, though? I don't want to go to your Bible study, though. Like, I was straight up like, hey, I don't, I don't want your Bible study. I'll take your food, though. And I'm like, I'm going to show these guys. <laughs> uh, but the reality was I noticed that there was people that were living a different way. And there was deep inside of me a hunger that I wanted that. I was searching for hope. I was searching for all these things. And I, my heart was not content. I remember going to this first Bible study that I ever went to in college at the little BSM building there. I walked in and there, <laughs> this shows where I was at. I was like hanging with one of my buddies and everybody's like starting to confess sin. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I was like, dang, they're, they're about this. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And this guy goes, I'm not going to lie, man. I just smoked a ton of weed before coming in here. And I was like, I'm at home. <laughs> these, are, these are my people. But, but it, was, it was because people were being honest and, and people were trying to live this out. And let me tell you, when I came to know Jesus, it changed my life. I found true freedom. It was the life that God had wanted me for me all along. And all along, I didn't need these things. I didn't even, when I came to Jesus, I didn't even want them anymore. And I think what happens is that we get so conformed to the image of culture and society and we believe the narratives that we need this and we need that. 
and in the promise that Satan has that this will bring delight and it will for a little while, but it leaves us empty. And all the while, Jesus is longing for you to know truth and realize that it will set you free. He's wanting freedom for you. Jesus wants you in the word. The, the truth will set you free. The word is how we know Jesus, and he is truth. Right? This is how we know him. Jesus is for your freedom. I want you to know that. Like I, I, was, I was standing in the back talking to somebody like, what are you talking about? I'm like, a lot of sin today. <laughs> and that's never a fun conversation. I'll be honest. One, because nobody wants to hear how they're in sin. Two, like when you're studying this, you're realizing how much sin is in your own life. And I'm having to repent before God saying, man, I've missed the mark in this. Like, God, my heart has drifted away in some of these areas and I've become lax in my faith. And I, I was on my knees at my little studio apartment just like, God, forgive me where I've bought into the lies of the enemy that, that oh, I don't really need this, and, and, and that won't actually work in your favor. And, and I found myself just asking God, hey, like, like Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of salvation. Like, if anything, remind me of that freedom when I had when I was in college. And, and, and slowly but surely, Jesus is renewing my joy and restoring freedom into my own life. And some of us in this room probably need to hear uh, this as a wake-up call of some sort, right? To be set free from your yoke of slavery that we were just reading about. That thing that has been holding you back, you need to let it go and give it to Jesus, right? That, that you need to surrender it to God. For some of us, we need to realize that, that we've become complacent in sin and can't remain there any longer, like we've been complacent in how we're going about our lives, and we need to surrender that to Jesus and, and repent of that. Jesus is calling us to true discipleship, to abide in his words so that we would know long, that we would know the truth and that we would be set free. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we have been surrounded by so great a crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Some of us need to cast off. Some, you know, one of the fascinating things about this passage is that, that it says weight and sin. For some of us, it's not even a sin thing. There's just some stuff that's weighing you down that you need to give that to God. And you're looking for things to kind of help you get rid of it, and only Jesus can. I, I love that distinction, that it, there's weight and sin. Some of us, it's not a sin. But some of us, we're, we're carrying around a lot of baggage that we weren't, we weren't designed to carry. And Jesus wants you to give that over to him and experience true freedom. Maybe others of us need to be reminded that the truth sets us free, so we need to spend time dwelling in truth, right? That, that we need to feed our minds and our, our hearts with the Word of God. That maybe before jumping on to Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and what are the other, other Snapchat, people see you Snapchat, Facebook, all those things, maybe we give some of that time back to God. And really delight in the thing that will actually give us life. I want to make this caveat as I invite the, the band uh, back up. But what this is not, 
right? Because we hear a message like this, and it's easy to be like, okay, I know what I need to do, right? And then you have this checklist of stuff, and you're like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning at 5.15 a.m. I will spend the pro- approximately 30 minutes in the Word. After I've made my cup of coffee, I'm going to find a chair. I'm going to sit in it. I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to set the mood, right? Like, like you come, and, 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 and if that works for you, praise God. But start where you can. <laughs> so so here's, here what, here's what this is not. This is not religious activity. Right? This is not for the sake of doing it or to be a Pharisee. Right? It's not so that I can just read more of this word and, and I'm going to just, just gonna memorize it. And then we, we, the reality is that we know these people right, that are the religious Pharisees that, that can sometimes be jerks for Jesus. That's not a real thing. Like You can't be a jerk for Jesus. That's, no, don't do that. And be like, well, let me tell you where you're wrong. And, and you know, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. But in love, we approach people. Obviously, like that, that's a different story. But I want you to hear that this is not religious activity. What we're after is is dwelling in truth, to let the presence of God invade our lives, right, so that we would be confronted with truth, and then in truth we would find freedom. That we want freedom for our lives. What this is, though, is simple. It's to remain or to abide or to continue in His Word. Right, to be ruled by the Word so that we can be more and more like Jesus. So that we can experience life and life in abundance. Or as John 20, 31 says, so that you would have life in His name. Here's the thing, guys. Like, this kind of living, it's difficult, but man, is it beautiful. It is a beautiful life. I, I, I refer back to people that I knew in, in college and, and they weren't perfect by any means but they lived in such a way that I wanted that I know they had peace and I was just like God I, I, I want that I remember having that conversation with my BSM director and I was just like I want what you have and he goes you know what we have it's Jesus and I was like I'm not ready for that and little by little my heart started to move in that direction and I found true freedom but that kind of living is attractive people want peace people want to be surrounded by people that are living their lives in a way that they know they're free here's the beauty of this you don't have to be a pastor or a minister to live this way Nathan can do this in the at, at the coffee shop as a light to the people that are there Megan can do this with new skin and and mentoring it and pouring into people in such a way that they see the joy they have. Haley does this all the time with with CG where people come to her and have questions. Malcolm and Michelle, you guys probably do this the best of most people I know, where people see a difference and they want that. They come from every walk of life, different beliefs, different circumstances, and saying, Whatever it is about these people, I want that. And it's people that have been grounded in truth and have freedom in Jesus. That's what it is. It's not anything that we do. It's not anything that we've conjured up. But here's the reality that Jesus wants freedom for you and for everyone. And he's going to use you to do it. Again, it's not a matter of being a pastor or a minister or trained in any certain way. It just takes the Spirit of God living in the people of God doing the work of God. It's very simple. Jesus wants people to have life in His name. 